Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. This morning on the third hour of today, a job well done. If you're thinking about a career move, we're going to tell you how you can get noticed, craft your resume, and nail the interview. Then later, from A to Z's, some of the best tried and true products to help your kids get a better night's sleep. And he just made his Broadway debut last night. Now, actor Greg Kinnear, live with us, talking all about his new exciting role. Today, Thursday, January 6th, 2022. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the third hour of today. What day is it, Craig? Oh, it's Friday Eve, my Friday. Friday Eve. Bang! I'm here with Chanel and Craig. Dylan's still on maternity leave. We've got a lot to get to this hour. And, of course, we're going to begin with the two biggest stories on this Thursday morning. Yes, so, of course, today is January 6th. It's not one of those dates that a lot of people will remember for the rest of their lives. One year ago, we all watched a riot play out at the U.S. Capitol. An angry crowd breached the building, forcing lawmakers to take cover and flee. In the years since, there have been hundreds of arrests, some 700 arrests, roughly, uh, people from nearly every state. And this morning, President Biden is going to address that dark day. He is going to challenge Americans to stand up against political violence. And then, meantime, the other big story, of course, we're following this morning, COVID cases yeah. skyrocketing, up 98% in just one week, fueled by this highly contagious Omicron variant. Several states reporting record high numbers of kids hospitalized with COVID. Now the CDC authorizing booster shots for children as young as 12, eligible for a third dose of Pfizer's vaccine. And the debate over COVID precautions in classrooms has shut down Chicago schools for the second day in a row. The teachers union there in Chicago voted to go remote until the current rise in cases subsides. But the mayor, Lori Lightfoot, uh, she then responded by closing schools altogether. NBC Stephanie Gosk is following this one for us very closely. So, Steph, I mean, both sides are dug in here. So what what happens now? How long could this school shutdown last in Chicago? Craig, I got to tell you, I was listening to the mayor last night give her a press conference roughly around... Uh, 7 o'clock, 7.30 at night in Chicago. And if you are a parent in Chicago and you're listening to the mayor, you aren't getting any good news. And it doesn't feel like they are close at all in this negotiation. The mayor getting angry, demanding that the union come to the table and be responsible and, in her words, act like adults. The main sticking issue right now, really, it seems, is over testing. Right now, the city has an opt-out policy for testing. In other words, Parents don't have to get their kids tested if they don't want to. The union doesn't want that. They want to mandate testing. And while across the country, the goal right now and the, the effort is to keep these classrooms open, and about 96% of kids are in class, 
there are concerns that the union has. And when you listen to some of these teachers, the testing is really at the root of it. One teacher saying, look, I live with my 90-year-old mom, and I don't know what kid has COVID and what kid doesn't have COVID in my class, and I'm worried about coming home and giving Omicron to my elderly mom. And, you know, you have to have some empathy for that, Craig. That's a tough sure. situation. So there's another challenge here. We talk about, you know, t uh, staffing for teachers, but around the, the country, healthcare workers are also dealing with tons of staffing shortages. What effect is this having on hospitals and what's being done, if anything, to make up for the lack of employees? They really are, Chanel, and this is really the story right now with this Omicron variant, isn't it? Deaths are rising, but only minimally, and it really does look like this variant is less severe than Delta. But the sheer volume of cases out there is affecting every aspect of American life and hitting no place harder than the healthcare system, which is already taxed. Two years into the pandemic, they're suffering from attrition a lot. One out of five healthcare workers has, has quit entirely. Now they're getting sick on top of it. And what happens is a knock-on effect. Hospitalizations are up, and while the cases may not all be in the ICU, they still need doctors and they still need nurses. And so they may take those those healthcare professionals from other parts of the hospital. And that means in some places like New Jersey, they're not doing elective surgeries. There's a hospital in Fort Lauderdale that actually had to shut down its maternity unit so that they could make up for some of these staffing shortages. So, and the other thing too, guys, unfortunately, January outlook is looking pretty bleak. Experts say this could last at least another few weeks. Oh. Stephanie Gosforce uh, with the latest. Steph, Thank thanks. You, Stephanie. Well, with those schools closed in Chicago, if there is a silver lining, it's that kids aren't waiting out in wind chills that feel well below zero this morning. Uh, we're keeping a close watch on this next winter storm that's going to be uh, making its way through the mid-Mississippi and Ohio River Valleys and on into the Northeast. Already, Governor of Virginia declaring a state of emergency. Of course, that's on the heels of that huge mess on I-95 earlier this week when about 50 miles of that highway was shut down. And this is what we are expecting uh, for the, the next several days. 83 million people from the Pacific Northwest all the way into the Northeast, the lower Ohio and Mississippi River Valleys. Look at this. Snow falling right now in wow. Chicago, back over, I should say Nashville, back to Springfield. And with snowfall amounts, we are talking generally uh, two to six inches of snow, but we could see even more when once this storm system starts to set up. We expect Ooh. it to start to do some overproducing, but Right now, we're looking at anywhere from two to eight inches of snow uh, as this system pushes through. Wow. Here's the thing. Forecasting's part of his job. <laughs> uh, we want to give Mr. Rooker a quick shout-out here because not just for the forecast, he has been featured in this week's Washington Post Yay. magazine. And oh, oh look, look at that, that picture. Really? They, oh, look at that. They did a really great interview nice focusing on something that you've been vocal about uh, for years, yeah. long before everyone else showed up to the climate change, climate crisis party. Uh, you were talking about this issue because it's near and dear to your heart. Well, look, I, I'm very fortunate to work at a place. Uh, our, our, our management at NBC News allows us to do this mm -hmm. and encourages it. And we have a Crackerjack NBC News climate unit that we're 
constantly uh, trying to find those stories that tell not just the, what the problem is, but what some of the solutions are. You so know, it's I'm been very, very helpful. I think about the stories that you've covered over the years. For a lot of us who, you know, we hear about climate change, but we don't really understand it. Some of the places that you've taken us and shown us around the world have been huge. Well, thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate it, and thanks to the folks at the, yeah. the Washington, Washington Post. Post. And that picture, who is that guy? Was that? Oh, oh Spiffy. That's right. It looks like I'm that picture. Well, who knows? I don't, you know, you just take them and then they Double just. Breasted. They do. Do they clean that up at all? Do they, uh, no, no, that's pretty much it. That's my uh, Nathan Detroit look from uh, Guys and Dolls. <laughs> I got the horse right here. Oh, my gosh. Paul Such a mess. All right. Well, guess what? Yeah. It is a life-changing morning for at least two people out there. Maybe you're watching this morning. We have been talking Man, all week. You never, well, they may not know yet. They know. The Powerball jackpot, I guess if you've heard, it rose all the way to $632 million. And last night, two tickets matched all six numbers. If you mm. win, you have to know that it was meant to be, right? Because the odds were so crazy. One was sold at a 7-Eleven in Sacramento, California. The other is in the state of Wisconsin. So grab your tickets. Maybe you don't know yet. Here we go. Maybe I could change your life right now. Are you ready? Here the are the power numbers. of Chanel. The power of my voice right now. <laughs> Here are the numbers. Six. Four. Okay, I'm just going to tell okay, you. Okay, just tell them. Six, 14, 25, my favorite number, 33, 46 and the Powerball, 17. What are you doing? Who knows? The numbers. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> all right. And don't throw those tickets away if you didn't get them all That's because right. they're, that is they're true. Uh, you know, other prizes. Have you noticed 33 has been on the list like a few times in a row? I have not noticed that. Is that. <laughs> well, I just, it's my favorite. There number, it is. So yeah. I've noticed that it's it's been everywhere lately. I don't That's your age, isn't it? I don't, I wish. I'm just a decade ahead of that. But 33 is a very special number. Should I ask why? We don't have no, time. No, they just no, say it is. No. We no come, when we come back, some help for those of us who did not hit the Powerball jackpot, jackpot. Some really good strategies to land your next job, including the very first thing you should do. The very first thing to do when you see an opening you like. Mm -hmm. And then a little bit later, no small feat. One couple on a mission to support military members using socks. Mm. Yeah, we'll be right back. All right, so back to 33. It's a new year and a lot of us are looking for a fresh start. So this morning we're bringing back our series, How to Adult to Help Job Seekers. It's a great series. The Labor Department says a record four and a half million people quit their jobs in November, which means a lot of people are on the hunt for something new. Yeah, so if you're one of them or you're looking uh, or thinking of making a change, career and workplace expert Nicole Williams is with us this morning to help us all. Nicole, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. Good morning. This is a timely story. Let's talk about these record numbers here that we're seeing. We've been hearing for a while about what we're calling the great resignation, right? And this number is expected to continue into the new year. But we're wondering, will there eventually come a point where a lot of people need a job? They're no longer the driver's seat, so they're ready to find something. Sure. Yeah, you know, there are a number of jobs available, but it's still competitive and people need to get out there and apply for the opportunities that exist. This is a wonderful opportunity for employers and employees to find the right kind of connection, the right kind of match so that they're not six months down the line looking for a new job again. Yeah. So, Nicole, let's let's say someone sees a, a job that they want. What are the first two or three things that they need to do immediately to get their name on the hiring manager's radar? 
Sure. So the first and foremost, Craig, you really want to find someone who knows the person you're looking to connect with or the company you're looking to connect with. You really want to use LinkedIn in this case to find a first or second degree connection. See if they know anyone within the organization. Ask them if they'd be willing to make an introduction. In this marketplace, relationships still are key. So use your contacts to leverage an introduction. The second point is you really want to move quickly. This market is happening quickly. Even though there are a lot of jobs available, there's a lot of people looking, so it's very competitive. If you see a job that you're interested in, I want you to apply for it immediately. Yeah. So, Nicole, once you do that, you, of course, there's the all-important all resume, but in this digital era, there are so many ways to get your resume and maybe even interactive. I've seen these, like, PowerPoint resumes. Yeah. What, what do you do? Yeah, you know, it's it's still tried and true. You need to make sure that your resume is very specific toward the company that you're looking to apply to or the job that you're looking to apply to. And you really want to not only focus on what you've done, but the job you're looking to apply for. You want to tailor that resume versus, you know, a lot of times people just list a laundry list of mm -hmm. things that they've done in their career without focusing on results and outcomes. You may have worked, for example, in conferences. You're responsible for marketing, logistics, for attendance. Instead of just listing those attributes, you want to talk about results. Mm -hmm. You went out, you created a seminar that was um, online in 60 days. You maintained a 90% attendance rate. You want to focus on what you did specifically. Focus on numbers so that that is conveying the skill and ability that you're bringing to the table. That makes sense. So you're not just listing a job. You're, yeah. So then that employer knows what you may be able to do for them. Um, another yes. part of this, obviously, let's say you get to the interview phase. It seems like a lot of things are virtual now with Zoom or FaceTime, right. what do you need to know? Yeah, you know, it's it's important to check your connection first and foremost. You want to make yeah. sure that this connection is good. You want to rehearse with a friend, Chanel. This is one of my top tips, especially in this day of virtual interaction. You can do a Zoom. You can record that test. You can see whether or not you use your hands too much, you mm. overuse words. Just rehearse so you feel more comfortable. The third point is you really want to have a professional background and wardrobe. And I'm talking about not having an unmade bed in the background, <laughs> having a pile of dishes in your sink. Yeah, yeah. You want to make sure you're dressed from head to toe so that psychologically you feel as strong mm. and come across as professionally as possible. That's, That's a really good point. Yeah. Not just looking good for the, for the hiring manager, yeah. but feeling good about yourself. Good. Lastly, really That's quickly, great. Nicole, let's say you've, you've sent in that resume, you've, you've knocked the interview out of the park. How do you follow up properly? And, and then when it comes time to perhaps negotiate the salary and the benefits, how do you do that? Yeah, well, appropriate follow-up without question. You want to follow up with ideally a handwritten note because in this virtual day and age, that really makes an impact. Sometimes it can be difficult to find that person's address because they're not working in an office. So same-day email. You want to include something specific that they said in the interview that ensures that it feels personal and connected mm -hmm. so that you're not just mass sending yeah. out this thank you letter or thank you note. You're very specifically gearing it towards this individual. In terms of negotiation, everything's on the table. That's one of the things that is more important than ever. And the negotiation process is happening sooner in the interview process. You can negotiate for flexibility, for um, salary, for leadership abilities. That 
is no longer taboo. Mm. You're supposed to bring this up front uh, very early in the interview so that you're not wasting anyone's time. Okay. That's good. Good stuff. Yeah. Nicole, thank you so much. Hopefully you, we thank don't you. need any of that information. Hopefully. I don't know. I don't know. know. That was really good advice. You know, so if you're the employer, it almost feels like that person is looking directly for the job at your company. Yep. You know what I mean? It's personalized. That was good. When we come back, they are one impressive pair how a couple is making quite an impact in the lives of service members using socks. And then a little bit later, help your little ones get a, a better night's sleep with everything from cozy blankets to a twinkling turtle. Oh, yeah, we'll be right back. This next story goes to show how a small gesture can grow into something incredible. Yes, the Ruger family is making an impact by doing something they never expected, selling socks. And the best part is, every time you treat your feet, you're also helping the men and women who serve our country. Socks are such a simple thing, but it really does make a difference. L Ruger is a woman on a mission. The task? Socks. It was our way of helping the military community in some small way. The concept started back in 2010 when Al and her husband Mike sent a care package like they'd done before to their friend Tommy, who was serving in Afghanistan. And always stuffed them full with socks. And when he got home, despite all of the other cool things we put in there, the socks are all that he talked about. What L had sent is packing peanuts revealed a real need. You get a blister on your foot because you have a bad pair of socks. Well, that's gonna throw off your gait. Now, if you're carrying 30 to 50 pounds of equipment, that's going to throw off your walk as well, which can then lead to problems with your feet, your knees, your hips, your back. With a little push from Mike, L started Soldier Socks in 2015 in her house in North Carolina. I get to have kind of a proud hubby moment uh, and see this idea that my wife had and execute it. The company had a simple business model. For every pair of socks sold, a pair is sent to an active duty member. Soon, L was flooded with emails, letters, and messages of gratitude. Thank you to everyone who donates. Um, you never really know. A one pair of socks can make a big dif difference. I do love these socks. I do wear them every day on patrol. All the smiles that we see on the faces of the troops when they send pictures, they're like genuinely just so excited to be holding that pair of socks. Each sock is named after an active or former service member like the Thomas sock, named after their friend who inspired it all. And the Snyder sock, named after Mike's grandfather, Larry, a Korean War vet, and great-grandfather, Herm, a World War I vet. The business grew mainly through word of mouth and jumped to the next level after Mike left his corporate job to come on board in 2020. When we first started kind of a wholesale um, distribution, we were in about five mom and pops about a year, year and a half ago. At the end of this year, we should be in between 80 and 100 mom and pops across the country. The more Elle became embedded in the military community, the more she realized the challenges they face in combat and at home. So she created the Stand for Cause line. We team up with nonprofits who benefit the military and veteran community. 
and we create a sock just for them to help raise awareness for those causes that they stand behind and to also raise a monetary give back for them as well. There's some socks in here. The duo donated 15,000 pairs of socks last year with hopes of donating 50,000 this year. But their ultimate goal? Want to make sure that we donate a pair of socks to everyone in the military in the next five years. So it's a little bit over 3 million pairs. We really want to create a specific job market for homeless veterans to bring them on board help them with rehabilitation, getting into the job industry. With every sale, Elle shows this is more than just a sock company. We knew starting out that this had potential to be something great, to make an impact, to make a difference, but just shows that we're where we're supposed to be and we're doing the right thing. Oh, thank God for people like the Rugers. Yeah. Right? Man, definitely making an impact. So simple yet so important. Elle says her favorite part of it, by the way, is where she gets to meet the troops and the veterans and let them know how much their service means. How great is that? All right, when we come back, something a lot of parents will relate to, kids struggling with sleep. This morning, we have some products to help them get those all-important Cs. And then later, we'll find out if Greg Kinnear got any sleep after making his Broadway debut <laughs> last night. He is live today to tell us how it went as the third hour of today continues. We all know a good night's sleep is so important, but especially for kids. And when the little ones struggle to sleep, everyone in the family suffers. Well, guess what? This morning, Parents Magazine is going to help us by revealing their sleep award winners. Here to share some of them is Editor-in-Chief Julia Edelstein. And you can scan the QR code for a closer look at all of them. Julia, good morning. Good Welcome. Good morning. Thank you. It's so good to be here with you. Oh, okay, so let's get started. Uh, weighted blankets. I, I'm, all of a sudden, these things are all the rage. Tell us about this. Yeah, well, this is the Tranquility Kids weighted blanket. They're, you know, big and popular with adults, and now there is a kid-sized version. Um, this one is six pounds, which is perfect for a kid about 60 pounds or up. You don't want to mm -hmm. go more than 10% of your body weight. Mm -hmm. And there's something about the compression and the weight on your body that's very soothing. And um, kids who tested this one for us told us that they uh, slept soundly through the night, they fell asleep faster, and they had fewer wake-ups. So okay. it's definitely worth trying. It's also mm -hmm. a great price at just $25. Yeah. And what about the sheet set? So, yeah, the sheet set, um, we tested a bunch of different kids' sheet sets, and these came out on top because they're soft, they're durable, they're 100% cotton, um, and parents really love the deep pocket on the fitted sheet. So it stayed firm. It didn't come up in the middle of the night. You know, kids can toss and turn a lot. Uh, this bed stayed made. So like these that. are a winner as well. The so Garnet Hell Kids Bedding. This next one grabbed my attention because as adults, sometimes we like neck support for good sleep. But I didn't realize they have options for kids. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the Kid Purple Pillow. The Purple Pillow is a phenomenon for adults. They came out with a kid's version. Um, and the material, you can see it there, it's kind of a spongy, almost rubbery. Hmm. Uh, you know, everybody who sees this wants to just touch it, but it's firm yet soft. It bounces right back. And um, kids complain, you know, said that they didn't like their pillow, they had trouble sleeping on it. Hmm. With this, they felt totally supported, no more neck pain, and they slept really soundly. So a big winner, and it's hypoallergenic. Now, for, for a lot of adults, we, we have those uh, those white noise machines, those meditation-type machines. You said they, there's some for kids and even one that, that makes little constellations on the ceiling. Yeah, we have two cool options in our tech space. You know, when it comes to kids' tech at night, you want to go kind of low-tech and keep mm -hmm. things really simple. So the first one is the My Little Morphe. Um, it, is, it was made in France. It just came to the U.S., 
And all it does is either play soothing music or do a meditation. So you get to pick out an animal you like and a setting. And then you can either pick a short meditation or a long meditation. Um, and then your kid can just relax in bed and kind of calm down. A lot of kids, just like adults, have anxiety or just have trouble settling at night. And this is a perfect way to do it without, you know, something a little more stimulating. If you have an Alexa in the room, the kids might be talking to it. This is very contained. Um, you know, and, and the meditations are really high quality. Too. I like that. And then and tell then, us about the, star, the starry, starry turtle. Yeah, so this is, um, you know, a classic that we tested a number of star machines, and this came out on top. It's battery operated. It lasts for 45 minutes, and it turns off automatically. Mm. It's the Cloud B Twilight Turtle, um, and you can actually do different colors of light. Um, so you can pick your favorite, and then on the ceiling or on the wall, there are actually eight constellations in there. Cool. So it's fun to look at, and, um, you know, unlike those stickers you stick on your ceiling, it doesn't exactly. do any permanent damage. That's what I had back in the day. <laughs> you know, my little guy likes yeah. that, uh, or something very similar to that under his bunk bed. Yeah. He kind of feels like he has his own little space there. Um, let's talk about keeping the space clean. We've got viruses, of course, and allergens too. Um, air purifiers. Yeah. Yeah, so kids who have allergies, you know, that can be a major detriment to sleep, and an air purifier goes a long way to helping. We tested a number of them, and the Cuisinart countertop HEPA air purifier came out on top because it fits, um, you know, on almost any bookshelf. It, mm -hmm. Um, goes nicely with almost any decor. It's very quiet, and it has a nightlight element as mm. well as a child safety Ooh. lock. Okay. Um, and it covers about 500 square feet, so any kid's room will be totally covered. Um, and then this is the toddler monitor. So this hangs on the door of your kid's room. If you have a kid who gets up in the middle of the night uh, you know, and wanders to your bed, or you have a sleepwalker, it was actually invented by the parent of a kid who sleepwalks, um, this will send in a notification to your phone if your kid leaves the room oh, wow. so that you can get up and escort them back. Um, you know, it stops that bad habit of your kid climbing into your bed, which mm. I know my kids do a lot. Um, <laughs> so you can, you can sort of beat them to the punch and get them back into their bed. All right, this Julia, thank you so much. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Uh, this month's uh, issue of Parents Magazine out right now. And head to today.com slash shop so you can check out these products. And just want to remind you, uh, today makes a commission from purchases made through the QR code or links on our website. All right. Up next, fresh off his Broadway debut, actor Greg Kinnear is live to tell us how he's feeling. Good morning and what it's like to take on an iconic role. And then later, a man of many talents, actor and rapper Method Man. There he is. Good morning to you. Joins us live to fill us in on his latest show. We'll be right back. This is pretty cool. Uh, our next guest just made his Broadway debut literally hours ago. Uh, we all know Greg Kinnear from his roles in films like uh, Best Picture nominated Little Miss Sunshine, the classic As Good As It Gets, believe it or not, celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. Oh it's been 25 years. Now he is starring as Atticus Finch in Aaron Sorkin's stage adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird, based on Harper Lee's Pulitzer Prize winning novel. The play follows the story of Atticus Finch, a lawyer in 1930s Alabama who defends a falsely accused black man. And Greg joins us now. Good morning and congratulations and thank you for waking up this morning so early after such a big night. I guess the big obvious question is how are you feeling this morning? I'm not sure I've quite woken up yet. <laughs> uh, Fair. Can't put too fine a point on it. It uh, was a bit of an exhilarating rush. Um, apparently there is no safety net when you do live Broadway. So, uh, so I, uh, you know, it was my first uh, my first foray. It was fun, exhilarating, 
So the, listen, the first time I've ever seen myself on stage was that clip you just showed. Oh, wow. So uh, that, that, that is my first actual viewing of me. And it was, uh, it was great. You know, we have a wonderful, wonderful piece of material that Aaron Sorkin has crafted beautifully. Um, the words are amazing. Uh, it's an incredible ensemble of actors, such a great group of people. And I've, I've had a ball. It's been a month of uh, trying and all the mayhem and craziness going on to try and work into the Atticus Finch role and find my way into it. But it's been great. Mm. Greg, you know, it's one thing to, to debut on Broadway, uh, but to do it with such an iconic character, uh, did you have any trepidation about stepping into this role? You know, it, it, yeah, listen, I, I, there was good and bad. I mean, it is uh, somewhat of a, of a long, dark shadow when you think of the Atticus Finch role of, out of the book and, of course, the movie with Gregory Peck and all of the, I don't know, the mythology that goes with it. So I, I was overwhelmed by that. But as I say, I think Aaron did a a wonderful job of finding a way to contemporize this and bring it up to to date. You know, if you think about the Harper Lee's 1959 book, you know, Atticus is, uh, he's not really a protagonist. Mm -hmm. Scout's the protagonist. She loses her innocence in the story. But, but Atticus doesn't change. He's kind of a great guy at the beginning. He's a great guy at the end. And I think the shift he made was to realize that you know, he, he he took something that was a virtue in the book, which was Atticus looking around at all these people and being somewhat forgiving. You know, we're in the South. Uh, Makem's got a ways to go. Mm -hmm. You know, these people are going to find their way. Things are changing. People are going to find their way and understand about racism a little bit more. And what you learn is, you know, through the, the course of that story is he starts to change his opinion and he starts to realize, wow. Um, not everybody is your friend and neighbor, and he has a little bit of a of an awakening throughout this show. So it added a lot of thrust to the character, um, and yet it still holds dearly to the lovely, you know, book and the the scale and scope of what that story is all about. One of our producers had the chance to see it. I can't wait to see it. She says it's transformative and it's absolutely spectacular. So congratulations on that. I'm trying to figure out how you do it. First of all, you have all of those, you know, things to remember, frankly. And then you're on Broadway and you're still busy. I just saw that you'll still be starring in a new scary series. It's called Shining Veil. It's out in March where you star alongside Courtney Cox. What can you tell That's us about right. this? Well, it's uh, it's called uh, Shining Veil, and uh, we sh we shot it at uh, Warner Brothers this summer. Uh, Courtney's wonderful. Um, it was a, a crazy, uh, very totally different show. Very mm -hmm. funny, very uh, uh, unexpected, and um, uh, it uh, it's about the Phelps family, who are a New York family who relocate out to the country, and uh, she starts uh, having. Uh, visions of something horrible so okay. it's it's got horror in it and it's got comedy and it walks a very thin line and it was great fun to do it's called shining veil okay. and, and greg take me back it's 25 years since uh as good as it gets you were nominated for an academy award uh when you think back to that time what's your favorite memory uh from doing that you know i mean working uh listen i mean jack nicholson Pretty great, right? <laughs> I had a front row seat watching Jack implode as Melvin Udall every day. 
So it was, uh, it was great. It was a great experience. Also a wonderful writer, Jim, James L. Brooks, obviously. You know, it's funny. Talk about full circle. I remember talking to Jackie, he'd just come off A Few Good Men. And I was like, very taken with that movie. And of course, Jack's got so many chewy, great scenes in that. He says, you can't handle the truth. He's got all the gems in there. And I was like, uh, Jack, how did you do that? Like, was that word for word? Was that every piece of language used? And he said, yeah, there's this guy, Aaron Sorkin. (laughs) And here I am full circle and watching, uh, you know, reading the script for this Atticus Fentrell and going, yeah, the guy is pretty special. So, uh, Oh, I can't believe that. it was 25 yes. years ago, and it was uh, it was a great movie, though, as good as it yeah. gets, one of my favorites. Thank you. What so a great much. story, wow. full circle. That's terrific. Well, To Kill a Mockingbird, on that note, is playing at the Schubert Theater in New York City, and tickets are available now. Congratulations. Good to you're see you're you, a Greg. delight. Thank you. Coming up Thanks next. Very much. Thank you. And we're going to catch up with rap legend turned actor Method Man live, talking about his, the return of his hit show, working with some old friends. And tomorrow, speaking of old friends, Mike Rowe will be here live, sharing why now's the right time to bring back dirty jobs. Third hour of today, we'll be right back as well. Our next guest is the definition of multi-talented. Method Man is a Grammy Award-winning rapper and one of the founding members of the legendary rap group Wu-Tang Clan. He's also an award-winning actor whose latest show is Power Book Two, Ghost, currently in its second season. Method Man starring as Davis McLean, a famous defense attorney. This season, he's turning some of his attention to help his incarcerated brother. Where'd that come from? Uh, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm your brother, and I'm worried about it. I said don't. I give it as good as I get it in here. Trust me. You getting your meds? Every day. Are you taking them? Bro, I said I'm taking it. Can we talk about something else? All right, Method so Man. Good. Welcome. Thanks for being here good this morning. morning. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. So after a couple-week break, uh, the show is back, the sequel to 50 Cent's uh, hit, 50 Cent hit Power. Mm-hmm. So, so I know you can't give a lot away because there are a lot of twists and turns, <laughs> but where are we now at this point? All right, well, it begins, the second season begins with Tariq still trying to run from the legacy that haunts him. And uh, he has taken the life of his professor, Jabari Reynolds. Um, And now comes the whole investigation. They find the body and the police are trying to figure out how this happened, who did it, and, you know, the whole what, where, whys, and whens of power, basically. A lot of chaos. It's so good. You star alongside some pretty big names, including the queen herself, Mary J. Blige. I was thinking this morning, I mean, you won a Grammy with her for the 1995 hit song, uh, You're All I Need to Get By. I mean, that song comes on, people still lose their minds. (laughs) What was it like, you know, reconnecting with her? Well, you know, me and Mary, we we go wait. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's like, that's my ace boom right there, you know. (laughs) But um, Mary's she, she's the consummate professional. I mean, when you get her on set, she knows what she's there to do. She, she's prepared, and um, she makes all of our lives a lot easier when she shows up on mm-hmm. set. Believe that. So it, it seems like you've got this comfort zone of people that, that are close to you. I mean, you're close as, as brothers, literally, with Redman, and then yeah, here you are. He's playing your brother on the show. 
that's the beauty of TV, isn't it? I mean, and and having great writers because yeah. Courtney, um, during the first season, it was kind of a throwaway line about me having a brother. And Courtney kind of took that energy and built on it and kind of asked me, you know, how would you feel about Red Man? And before she could finish the sentence, I was like, say less. Yes, <laughs> let's go. I love it. Can we talk about your Instagram for just a second? Here's the thing. I don't know how, you, I mean, you're working out. You're giving everybody a run for their money. How are you doing it? Is it just, yeah, how are you doing all this? Well, once you, I mean, Al can speak to some of that, too. I love your your health uh, journey. Yes, well, yes. Well, thank you. Very, very inspiring. But for me, it was more or less of uh, trying to battle insomnia. Mm. And then mm. it just turned into an addiction for me. It was more or less like, um, well, if I can go this far, how much further can I take it? Mm. And it's out for me. It's pretty cool. So are these workouts, uh, Method, uh, to kind of fulfill your dream of becoming an action hero, specifically a Marvel action hero, which is a dream we both share, I think. <laughs> I think you'll get it way before I do, Al. You, you look great, brother. You look great, man. Love it. Um, for me, it's the action movie thing. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that's the natural progression that you you take when you start doing TV and movies and things of that nature, as well as working on your body. Yeah, I want to show off my work. I want to show off what I've been doing, you know? And I think um, an action movie would be a great platform for me to do that. Well, Listen, from your lips to God, that's people, it. there's a lot We're of ready. folks watch this show, Come so on, you people. never know. Method don't, man. Don't forget Come about on. when that happens. That's it. In fact, it almost sounds like an, you, you sound like an action hero. <laughs> Method man. Oh. You, you're that's ready right. to go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, and don't forget, Power Book 2, Ghost, airing Sunday nights at 8 on Stars. We'll be right back. He's an icon. Coming up on our, at 11.30 on our streaming channel, Today All Day, latest episode of She Made It. Our good pal Jill Martin here with a preview. Hey, Jill. Hey. Hi, guys. Well, I'm so jazzed about this. We're highlighting nine incredible entrepreneurs, eight small businesses, and I'll also share some of my hottest new finds. And of course, because it's me, there'll be huge deals. And this show not only shines a light on these incredible women, but will also serve as motivation. So many of you might have your own light bulb idea, but you're not sure where to start. Well, these women can help. So check it out on Today All Day coming up at 11.30 and 5.30 and head to today.com slash shop to shop these incredible products. I will send it back to you guys. Janelle, you're glasses. one of those incredible love women love who didn't glasses. take no for an answer. Nice. I love it. You just go to today.com too and it'll pop right up. Thanks. Here. Thank you, Jill. Tomorrow in the third hour of today, Dirty Job star Mike Rowe is live. And coming up on Hoda and Jenna with this lady, Fran Drescher live giving us the latest on bringing the nanny <laughs> to Broadway. Okay, don't forget, we'll be right back. But in the meantime, have a great day. Have a great day, everybody. Hey, it's Mel Robbins. Let's cut to the chase. There is a change you want to make right now, but you're waiting to feel motivated. You don't need motivation. You've got me. You can change your life anytime you want. And when you're ready, the Mel Robbins podcast is here to help you with inspiration and simple science-backed tools to help you create a better life. Listen to me and you'll feel motivated, all right. Listen and follow the Mel Robbins podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.